meeting started here. I'd like to call to order our October 19th Facility Standards Manual Public Review Committee meeting. The record shall reflect that there are no members of the PRC participating remotely and do not have any members of the public signed up to speak. The record shall also reflect that we're members of one or more affected groups and our respective declarations of interest are kept on file in the minutes of the Facility Standard Manual Public Review Committee. Right. We're official. Um, I think the first administrative item we have, and I apologize, I wasn't here at our last October meeting, but it, it is to review and approve the minutes from that October 5th meeting. Have a chance to see Laura's three page message. Looks like you all had a lot of fun at that meeting. Anyone is so inclined, I'd entertain motion to approve or to approve for the minutes. Thank you, Angela. Is there a second? Second. Big Keith on that one. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Hearing none, please. And it's our approved. So, um, now you had a lot of discussion the last meeting about sidewalks, trails, that kind of good stuff. And there's been some work being done outside of our live committee to address some of those questions, concerns, and coordination. So we're not going to tackle that today. It'll be other meetings on another meeting's agenda. But uh, we will, as you see in our minute here, talk about a few of the hopefully more direct and cleaner issues like stacking, motorcycle, bicycle parking, ENS. So just a reminder that I guess our primary goal is to try to resolve conflicts that with the FSM that the zoning ordinance language may have created um, to the extent possible. We don't want to necessarily take this as an opportunity to uh, wholesale rewrite the FSM, uh, but to focus on that those conflicts or clarifications needed. Uh, that was part of the discussion with the sidewalks. It seemed like there was a lot of things that really needed to be touched in that section. So we're not saying it's off the table and forbidden, but we'd like to really try to focus on clarifying the con the conflicts between the FSN with the zoning ordinance text. And I would suggest that if there's something that is more extensive that we see in the FSM, that we ask Laura to tag that for a, a follow-up uh, amendment. 
process. So that's a little bit of ground rules anyway. So Lark, you want to tee up our is the stack first on it is it is and um we did the legwork on this. Um, have him help me walk through it. Um, we met outside the committee to try to prepare this based on the previous discussion that was held here. And just so Keith knows, I kind of snuck in some motorcycle and bicycle parking in your site. I don't know if you noticed that, but um, I promise we'll do that and get to you first. Back <laughs> to that. But I thought, wow, this is convenient. You can do it all in one, one little document. <laughs> so I'm just going to scroll through that. First of all, we're in section 4400, parking geometric standards, fast motorcycles, and I'm going to get into, I kind of went too fast here, sorry. Um, item number six, that's parking lots that shall provide for safe and functional traffic circulation. And the section that we want to focus on is F. Um, Actually, Keith, I'm sorry, before we start, let me back step one. Let me go back one step. So the question, the question the committee had, I don't want to work past this. The question the committee had was, is the zoning works requiring a stacking lane? Or is it only if one's proposed? And I did confer with Department of Planning and Zoning staff, and they said this, that it's not the intent of this regulation to require an additional stacking lane but instead to alert the public and uh, bless you, to facility standards manual stacking requirements. <laughs> so um, Jason had helped with this uh, and they proposed an amendment that it would be helpful to tack the words if applicable on the end of the zoning ordinance text. Um, that's a recreational health and fitness center and daycare uses must include a designated pickup and delivery zone and must follow FSM stacking requirements. And now it says if applicable, so it's clearer um, it's great work that the committee did, and Keith kind of pressed me to make this clarification happen. So we did. Um, so that's now. To, that's to address the comment of like, if you're setting up your delivery and/or pick up and drop off to have stacking, you got to meet the stacking requirements. But it doesn't imply that having a pick up and drop off and/or delivery, for that matter, zone necessarily requires that exactly okay was it, it was confusing the way it was worded because it said right. it must include <laughs> we must have talked about it for an hour or so <laughs> we talked about it a lot, yeah. and must include um oh i'm sorry it's the last part and yeah. must follow yeah. the stagnant requirements uh but now it's only if applicable so just keep that in mind as we go through keith's edits um because that that, that will not be that will be relevant the discussion. So back to Keith's edits. You want to come? Yeah. So when we were looking at this, we were trying to come up with regulations that would help make a stacking lane a little more um, standardized and safe without being overly regulated, I'll say. And so uh, I did look through the other ordinances or ordinances for Prince William, Fairfax, and maybe some of the towns and cities around here and kind of took what I thought were, were reasonable um, requirements to put in here. Most of these, I, I think, make sense. There are a few towards the end that I, I think we should discuss. Um, 
And as we talked about, nothing here is defining how many spaces are needed for a use that is still, for lack of a term, self-governed or can be dealt with in a legislative application. So um, basically, you know, what we had there before was a, a second lane needed 10 feet wide, so that's still there. And then put in a definition that if you have stacking spaces, they need to be 18 feet long, which makes a parking space line. Um, so when someone says they need 10, they now know how long it needs to be. Um, the putting in a minimum inside radius um, in order for vehicles to actually get around a drive-through lane. If there's a 20-foot radius, it works very well. It can go down to 15 and still usually works, except for those people, those really big pickup trucks. Sorry, Kevin. It works, and the idea here is that if you have a 20-foot radius, you'll never, you shouldn't have to do any sort of truck turn maneuvers, auto turns through the stacking lane. Um, and if you go down to 15 feet, you know, that could be approved by the director and maybe you have to do a, a you know, vehicle turning analysis, maybe you don't. Um, the, the next one is really just talking about if you've got pedestrians or people crossing the stacking lane that you make it clear where they're supposed to be crossing. Um, so now if you define how long a space is and you need a five foot walkway, it's a safe travel lane to get for people to get across there. Um, not dictating where the drive-through lane needs to be on a site, but if there's people crossing it, then it's safe. Um, the next one is really just saying that you, know, you really shouldn't have a drive-through lane next to uh, traffic so that you would potentially have someone driving and have cars going opposite you on both direct, you know, on both sides of you going the other way. If I remember what that actually said without reading it. So you, you need to have some sort of barrier between the drive-through lane and a car going against you if it was on your right. Because it's always on your left. We're not your right. Um, that one, I, I, I think it makes sense, but I'm not going to say it has to be here if the folks are against that one. And then the last one on here is you know, if you've got more than two stacking lanes, putting in a bypass lane, lots of folks kind of the standard for a lot of fast food restaurants and banks is to put one in anyway. So this it's a customer convenience, but this is saying, and this is worth discussing, you know, if you have more than two lanes, do you want a bypass lane to be required at all times? <laughs> okay. Um, so I get, I mean, I guess I'm from the bottom work way up. I don't know why we would require a bypass lane for two or more, like if we're not going to require it on the singular, I don't know, like we either require a better one or we don't think it's necessary. Um, and then I have comments on six and five as well, but I'm happy to have a conversation about seven first. So with, with seven, uh, I do, some of the jurisdictions had the requirement. This, I think, was Prince William had it. Fairfax did not. I personally don't think it needs to be required, but I just have to discuss. What's the group. reasoning about the two versus one? Like why it's needed for two and not one? I don't have any logic to that. 
that was, I think, mimicking what Prince William had. Yeah, certainly you're deriving what a uh, end user wants to do. Not every end user is probably going to want to buy a bypass lane, or they might not have the room for the bypass lane. So you're talking about three lanes. That's 30 feet if they have to be 10 feet wide each. That's yeah. a lot of space. Does it have anything to do with firing lanes? Around the building? Typically, when you see just banks, is there expectation if they have, you know, got your teller window and then a kiosk window? They typically want to be able to let people get around and if the line gets too long, say I'm bailing out, go through the bypass. So it's always one way. But it's a user defined. Yeah. Also, it depends on the site, right? The company yeah. it out. Because I think somewhere like the drive throughs are kind of on the back of a project. So there's some still cars going around. Yeah, if you're talking about like an, an old traditional one where you've got one way traffic around the whole drive through, it's a non issue. But it's where that drive through lane is isolated from everything else. Correct. I think making it a requirement is tricky and could lead to issues. Yeah. Unintended consequences. I think if people need it, they'll do it and accommodate it at you know what they're designing the site either through the legislative process or in site plan. I mean, has there been a problem with this in Loudoun County? The only thing I can think of is Keith and I talked about a lot of people are adding a lane, right? We have one lane, another two, and now they got to add a second lane, and I. Possibly they're taking the license lane to add that second lane. Well, that's got me. But this, with, with this, if the way this is written right now, though, I mean, like, somebody goes to update their site plan, don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, so this, this gets adopted, we're in 2025. Somebody goes to update their site plan, they've got two lanes now, but one of them isn't actually a drive through lane, it's just a, it's a bypass lane. And they're thinking to themselves, oh, I can double my capacity if I can just reconfigure a couple of things, make this a driving lane. Well, now the way this is written, they can't do that because we don't have the space for a third lane. That's true. I think potentially true. I don't know if they can rearrange parking. It depends on right, the but, you know, Like you could get into grandfathering and stuff like that. There's grandfathering provisions in the FSA. I'm not sure if you have to update the. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just feel you. I mean, I hear you on the bank thing, and I can think of multiple examples on top of my head of where I've seen that in Loudoun where that's happened, but I feel like, you know, where folks want that, they're going to accommodate it. And otherwise we're mostly talking about fast food and it's like, um, bypass lane and fast food is yeah. not really a thing. Yeah. So it's in here for discussion. It was here for discussion. Okay. Just to Cody. Um, I would agree with the discussion and I, I would recommend dropping five, six, or seven. Kind of like my ex. Largely because I think drive-throughs in general are legislative applications. That layout is going through um, scrutiny as it goes through. It may not get to the detail of saying, oh, is it 18-foot parking stacking? So yeah, I think the first ones that are more technical may not be covered during that legislative application, but the, the other things in there are going to be covered when the drive-through is the legislative process. Do they get that specific Um, the, If there's a drive-through. Especially yeah. It's a pretty specific. Yes. <laughs> it's like a site plan. There's no grading on it. But. I would say to justify it. 
Well, we don't have we don't have engineering project managers reviewing legislative applications in terms of specificity and how deep the review is. It's not going to be to that particular level. No, but they sent a DC, DTCI or whoever. That, that, I mean, that's true. Yeah, they do get it. DTC they they are looking at the things like is there conflict with other lanes? That that stuff gets looked at pretty closely, and I mean the drive through. I think I don't know if there's any bite rate drive-throughs left. Um, I think in the current ordinance, I think it only exists under auxiliary uses in a few districts. It never gets used, um, so it's really a legislative thing. So to me, I'd probably just keep the technical, like the widths and this, you know, so the first couple things. To so I kind of like five. This one that Angela had recommended from the, I think it was Prince William when we had it up on screen and talked about where we were to heck. And I think this My only edit on five was just to say vehicular travel ways, just to be crystal clear, because we already had, we're accommodating pedestrian crossings. And so, I mean, again, it's like one of those situations like we all know what we're talking about, but just so 20 years from now, it's, it's clear that you can't interfere with vehicular parking or loading. But, you know, if a pedestrian travel way is allowed to cross that area, we have right there and forward how that needs to happen. But I definitely think, uh, you corrected me if I'm wrong, but six and seven were intended for discussion about this. Uh, six and seven were. Specifically, I'm going to talk about five. Uh, I think what was it just kind of clarifies that you shouldn't block a parking space or a loading zone. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I like five. Is there consensus to delete six and seven? Then letting one feel like it's important to have, isn't it? I mean, if six. I think you could. If we wanted to keep it separated from travel lanes, like that's the intent of that section. But I think we could leave it a little bit more open. If I mean, from a safety standpoint, I would think we would want that. But I think we leave it open a little bit for the user on how they would want to do that. I mean, thinking of fast foods again, if someone just put in that the hole, they can get knocked down easily. But then I mean, that's enough to separate it. So maybe modify six if we want to keep the separation piece, just to kind of leave it more open. Brandon, but can you give me some wording? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think you just get rid of everything after driveways. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of in my head a drive uh, drive through that I can think of that has a yeah. drive through that abuts two way. One over by the Lowe's and Sterling, the Chick-fil-A there. Yeah, okay. like yeah. Right, that's a good call. So some had very specific right case. Some were like, had to be like a base median and a certain width, and some were very particular. Or some of the words. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think having some sort of physical separation is good. I mean, a raised median might be aggressive, but I think like it should be an option, raised median or even a curb or like you said, those little yellow things, something to demarcate, you know, separation. Don't go on that lane. So I, I, I did what you said, Brandon, I just 
left stacking spaces shall be separated from other internal two-way driveways. The driveways are travel based. Driveways is such a weird word. Travel. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it is two-way. I think it's just travel way from other from travel ways. Stacking spaces shall be separated from travel ways. That's all one way. You don't need separation. Necessarily. Okay. And in my, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that too. Sure. I mean, it does this, this yeah, it's not there, but does it prohibit someone from doing it? Even if, you know, we're just trying to, we're just saying if, if there's two way traffic, you got to do it. There's one way traffic, you could still do it okay. by design. And, and we want the two way because of the opposite direction. You don't have yeah. someone coming. All right, that makes sense. And, and because if you're right. the, the opposite traffic would, be closest to the people in the drive-through lane in that right. situation. That's right. That's right. Um, on number four. Hey, just real quick on number six, should that be stacking lanes instead of stacking spaces? Yeah. 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 Good job, Jason. Um, well, before we change, yeah. yeah. This is going to be something that is subject to the zoning administrators. We started, no, we, okay. we just struck that. It's hard to see, Kevin. We ended it at, it oh, says, right, it says now, a stacking lane shall be separated from other internal two way travel lanes. Period. We took out the Does that mean I can put a eight inch wide stripe and it's separated? I think that's what you can, I mean, that's up to. I think it, yeah, I think that's stuff to you how you do it. Okay. Right. But you can't really see that. I would depend on. Are you talking about like like a does it have to be burning? Big fat, like reflective white line. You know, that might be enough. I just think I, I think the intent is to demarcate where the car should go. Because even a raised median is not going to keep a car from running into another car. So we're not really talking about actually physically keeping vehicles separated from each other. We're mostly just trying to make sure that, you know, even in like the worst driving conditions, it's night, it's pouring down rain, that there's some sort of visible indicator of where you're supposed to be and where they are. And so that could be a highly reflective, you know, eight inch wide white line. It could be the little yellow thingies, you know, whatever. Do you have anything else on this? Uh, number four would be the way to you know distinguish the difference between the stacking lane and the crossing, right? You talk about a highly visible color material change. Is it one or the other? Well, it's also why are we saying it's only that? I just think we have to remove that. Clearly marked should be clearly marked and have appropriate pedestrian signage, yeah. crossing signage for the driver on the side of the period. And I can see you doing a different type of striking pattern. Right. So. You want, I think the and say yeah, they say you want to keep that in. Oh, sorry. Thank you. And then strike for the driver. No, for the driver. Okay. For the pedestrian too, right? Yes. 
The one above, which is three. Um, I just was suggesting at the end, it says by showing a large vehicle will be able to navigate the lane. I was suggesting striving, striking that to say out of a turn. What vehicle? I mean, I know that's what I start thinking, <laughs> but I don't know what a large vehicle yeah. is either. I think we need to define that. That's why he's getting rid of it. Okay. Oh. So maybe the adequate turning move this needs to be defined too, but I just love a large vehicle. Yeah, I think not to have like a tractor trailer. Right. Why not? Because should we pick a design vehicle? Because we're going to make them. Auto turn lane to feel like an SU40. Yeah, something like that that we could designate. We should designate. So it's going to oh, I think it's an FU40. Oh, like so that's like the big whatever. I don't know. It's a box over here. So you take their U-Haul and do the McDonald's drive through. Some of them say like a large truck. Like, I don't have high extended cab truck or. I don't remember. Somebody say that. Could we just say like by showing adequate turning, uh, what did you say, adequate turning radius? I said adequate. Appropriate vehicle. Turning movements for Large passenger vehicles. So I'm trying to like word it in the sense of like for the vehicles that would be like injuring the stacking lane, right? Like, because oh, it's a truck stop, right? It's there. Well, I just like to show, I mean, to your point, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> truck stop now, I'll say. Well, if somebody wants to bring a, uh, what is that, the buckets, the ladders, feel free. Um, but I mean, trucks aren't allowed there, so it's problem solved. Um, but just, I mean, because, like, yeah, like, they have, I mean, all the, you know, fast food places, they always have, like, the, you know, height limitation thing, right? So, like, there is a theoretical maximum vehicle size, and I don't know if we can really, I don't know how you could really define that in the FSM using, like, no terms, but I, there's got to be a way to word that what we're saying showing adequate turning movements for the you know for that for the, the design use i think we should design do. yeah for the design that. use that i love that great that's the thing uh to be picky the second session should say that inside radius may be reduced just to be consistent with the first Good. Anybody else? You got rid of seven. Yeah, I struck it. And I can clean this up. Oh, I'll clean this up. Track changes isn't real friendly. If I tried to strike that, it would just go off the screen. It never existed. <laughs> I'm trying to do a manual strike through. So we just can reset now. See, they changed what just three said. Three said the minimum inside radius and stacking lane shall be 20 feet. The inside radius may reduce to 50. May be reduced to 15 feet with director approval by showing adequate turning movements or the design use. 
the design use or designating? Design use the thing? Designating use. No, I think it's design. It is design. At least designating it is. I mean, it's, it's what you're designing to, which may be big trucks, little trucks, cars, whatever. I think you need to say for vehicles. Vehicles. Associated with the design. You know, it's for a vehicle. It's not because it's a fast food versus a bank. It's the type of vehicle you're anticipating. Um, that's just not clear for me. Well, that probably has to do with the design. I mean, if it's a daycare center, you're not anticipating food trucks. Work survey. All right. The auto turn library has 1,400 vehicles. 1,400. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we want to specify. <laughs> yeah. It might be one hard to pinpoint. Say, say, uh, okay, 1,400. Say for the, you can say adequate turning movements for the anticipated vehicles uh, size based on the design rules. That's clear to me. I get better, but. I'm just thinking of staff trying to review this and what's the standard? It's a judgment call, right? I think that captures the, the intent of what we're trying to say, which is that if you have a design that clearly shows you're anticipating X vehicle as being the maximum size that you would ever allow on this drive through. And you can you can show that by say, saying, hey, we're gonna have this sign and this sign, and we're gonna have you know the drop-down thing from the pole and Taco Bell. And so that's the biggest vehicle we would ever accommodate in this drive-through. And so here is us showing the turning movements, you know, that we've modeled for that vehicle, and thus we believe that we can reduce this to 15 and be okay. Otherwise, if you want to go through the brain nature and try to explain your use, otherwise, make it a 20 foot radius. Make it a 20 foot radius so people can just apply for a waiver and reduce it to whatever. And you don't have to do that in terms to meet the requirement. That's what the point of the point. No, but it's, it's director. So Which is a waiver, it's similar to a waiver. Uh, it's not automatic. Yeah. Do you have any strong feelings about that? Did you want the 15? The, the idea of the 15 was you've got you know, smaller sites for where folks are going in and updating an existing one where they don't have to really put something bigger in. It's a good amount of flexibility. In some occasions, it's not a 90 degree turn either. So Correct. It's smaller. The option, right? So yeah. there's flexibility no, I agree. there. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of provides bookends. Yeah. We're thinking you could go 20 or 15, but we're not thinking 10. You know, I mean, it sort of provides some kind of boundaries or guidance. I think it works. I, mean, I was trying to say if there was an easy way to say, you know, everything I'm finding just says still go forward at 150. At 150? I don't know. We can't. No, you say you can only use the forward, though. Um, I was trying to think extended bed, extended like cab. 
Yeah, there's tougher to maneuver than big, and then your F-150 comes from the short bed, extended bed. That's right. I, I think just leaving it with yeah. that, I think it's too hard to say what a design vehicle would be. Yeah. I think it's fine. That means that that's going to be on you and the DMs to make the call on the appropriate design vehicle. Would you good with that? Well, it also provisions are showing on the plan, so start conception. No, it's to say in support of the concept of not being specific, wouldn't it be different maybe for McDonald's than it would a hardware store if they had it? Or, exactly. I mean, for a pharmacy, would it be different? I don't know. That's what we're trying to say is that it could be so many things yeah, so that, that, that would potentially your staff would need that flexibility. Exactly. So, what happens if they can't agree? 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. So well, hopefully it's not fair. Hey, Laura. Yes. I'm just noticing that the uh, with director approval, I don't think we customarily use that phrase in the FSM. So I'm just wondering if this shouldn't be something more like the director may approve a reduction of the inside radius to 15 feet um, if adequate turning movements for the anticipated vehicle size are shown or something like that. or are demonstrated. Really hard to read it, Jason. Um, I'm trying to show too many edits, but it says, I'm going to read it back. I think I'm going to read it back. The minimum inside radius of stacking length shall be 20 feet. The director may approve a reduction of the inside radius to 15 feet if adequate turning movements for the anticipated vehicle size for the design use are demonstrated. Yeah. That is, I was just clicking through. That is, the director may is, that's how we, that's how it says to everyone else. That, that's a thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> Jason was all spot on. Okay. All right. So, we good? This one's tagging. Everybody's comfortable with this? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so we're still in this section. Do you want me to move on, Kevin? Yeah. Okay. Bicycles. So I think I think motorcycles comes first. Okay. If I remember correctly. So I might have taken the easy way out, but under B, geometrics. This says the following table shall represent the minimum size requirements for automobile parking spaces. I added and motorcycle. And I slipped it in as the third row. The four foot width and nine foot length comes from Fairfax. I didn't find like this is I didn't see this in Prince Lamb. I didn't see this in Leesburg, but I did see it in Fairfax. Um, so I slipped it in just right there. Oh, that was a convenient spot. That's literally the amendment for motorcycle parking. 
Only nine feet deep. I was actually thinking it could be eight feet because sometimes they just have them like where parallel parking spaces are, and those are only eight feet wide, aren't they? Yeah. And I'm trying to think of what they look like. See them often. I tried to dig out a lot of has a thing on, but like a parking finding a line for me. Um, I know you say that's it, but I mean, some of these other sections now, so many questions. I'd like number two about the drive out with. Well, is it just the same motorcycle? I don't think that we got we could get rid of car. But. Well, I don't necessarily know if I want to throw a motorcycle in there. Does this section, if someone had motorcycle parkings next to one another across the drive mile. Do we know what the drive mile width has to be? Is it across from a car? I would no, I'm saying if you have a travel way and motorcycles on the right and the left, do we know what the drive mile will minimal drive out width has to be? I think I would follow the whether it's angled or perpendicular. But it does say car parking. Uh, well, I mean, maybe we're covered with the minimum travel way aisle with the 18 feet. That's we're good with that. I think that covers the, that situation, right? I did look at it. I just sort of thought. I don't know, um, I don't know how you cover all the scenarios. Sorry, I think we're good there. I think we're covered. Um, I think they uh, I mean, if we won't do anything. The term standard car parking lots is this is unnecessary. We're in a section called parking geometric standards and driveways, blah, blah, blah. Like that, Joe, driveway IOS shall be provided in accordance with the following. Like that. That's what we're talking about. And I didn't need to lots. brush over the eight and nine discussion. If we want to change nine to eight, is that how do other members feel about that? Help me out here. Well, I don't know. Do we have anything? At least we have something to reference for how we got the nine foot. That's true. If we can find something that says eight exactly, then okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for the parking lots, the only thing by removing that, I've had the same. Like this could get could be in conflict with like a roadway that has parking so some of the private streets allow parking at in angled or parallel. And so these widths don't necessarily need a parking lot. Parking is but a parking lot. Just like this is specific to like a parking lot, not a street. What parking lots? Can we do that? Well, let's start parking lots. I mean, I like it better, but. Was the intent of standard car back to our discussion on the stacking of what a regular passenger vehicle is? <laughs> just a oh no. I mean, it does say, what's this, a stall for standard parking spaces? Well, we use this word standard a lot. But we don't require bigger ones anywhere, right? So yeah, I, just, I think the intent there was that you're talking about a normal 
parking lot that's for passenger vehicles. Not a not a truck stop. Not a truck stop. Not something like that. We're back. We're back. Uh, to standard car parking. Uh, okay. We're back. All right. So and I think truck stops probably maybe relevant. Okay. Trying to make you look better. Okay. I gotta try to find like some uh, the, the other thing was the last gun motorcycle was. Do we need it designated? By anyway. I'm sorry, that's a chance. We need to designate the motorcycle parking. Does it need to be say it's the motorcycle parking? Do we need a sign that says motorcycle parking only? Some of these examples have like little symbols or signs. Yeah, like WMATA does it, they sign it that they have the parking. I don't see if we have anything else signed. We don't. I mean, the only thing that has ever required to be signed is the handicap. Yeah, I, was, I found handicap, but I just did, it didn't seem to do anything. Parking spaces were handicapped. It does say something. It does say something. Thank you. I read right over that. Do we, do we have requirements that we can write for the motorcycle parking? Or we just want to say it has to be one of or either that or back where it said the standard parking space. This one? Paragraph. This one? I can go back slowly through the section. I wonder if it's up in the top. Three types of parking, more than four spaces. Oh, wait a minute. Just to you mark handicap parking so that somebody else doesn't park there. Do you need to mark motorcycle when it's only four foot wide? You couldn't pull it anyway. That might pull up and take up all the spaces. Yeah, that's a Oh, if you took, okay. Yeah. Park across the lot. Isn't there some sort of, some type of codified ordinance about parking over a parking lot? Surely you, could get, you would get a ticket for that. Or you could. So we can create a new that would require calling the non-emergency number and waiting for a deputy to show up and having them care enough to write it and he's going to say it's Robert You know what you're, what you're making me think of uh, is the, the key, the, the, the signage for pickup and delivery zones. All I know is at the Leesburg Wheel, there is definitely an employee that is currently parking in two parking spaces. And the one of the parking spaces happens to be the space that I like to park in every Sunday <laughs> because it's right next to the blueberry bushes. And enough sense my daughter <laughs> that parking space is no longer available on Sundays. So I, like I would say you need to get on the Leesburg DCSN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we want to add. I, I'm thinking when we were going through this section, remember it was either. You could just do a designated pickup and drop off forget delivery area. And Keith and I looked at bazillion examples of this on aerials and land sets, and there was always a sign, drop off or pick up all so the things. There's the table again that showed the sizes. Could you put an, an asterisk next to motorcycle parking or whatever you want? 
I could, but then I'm not addressing the delivery. That should really have signage or you're designating those spaces for the zoning ordinance to meet the drop off pickup requirements. But do we, do we really need to slash want to accommodate motorcycles and pick up drop off spaces? Like, shouldn't those be? Well, I'm just saying, except two things. We want signage for the motorcycle spaces, and then we're going to, we, we don't say anywhere that you have to put signage for your designated pickup drop off spaces, which are required. Public zoning. Did it say to do provide signage? Designated pickup and delivery zone. I think that's. Maybe that's what I would say. If it says it's designated to me, then it had to be one. And people are doing it. It's happening on every. I mean, it was on every site. Yeah, it wasn't an issue. Okay, so back to Adam's idea. I think we just do number nine and say motorcycle parking spaces shall be designated. Motorcycle parking. So. All signage. I don't think. Just I think it's fine. Or could it be painted on the pencil? I'd say either one would work. It would work the way that Joe said. There you go. We have a bike symbol. Is there a motorcycle symbol that goes on asphalt? I see one here. Yeah. Is it in Buckley, though? I don't know if we want so you're saying they can show a symbol of the words? Okay. I was with you. I see all of these options. I see signs. I see painted graphics. I see the word letters. So we don't want to put shall be clearly designated, period? There's a fight the between the motorcycle guys and the motorcycle guys. Self-designated with a signage or striping? I think we well, yeah, have a designated. Yeah. We want the words motorcycle parking only. Yeah, so it's like saying those words. Yeah. Might want to get rid of the only. And just from the pictures I'm looking at. Okay. It's a lot of letters. And I was like, yeah, it's fall back. Yeah. In a four foot wide. Yes. You want to say signage for striping? I kind of like. We could just let the designation. Yeah. Just say designated for yeah, not lowercase motorcycle parking. I'm not seeing a lot of words on pavement and where I am, it's literally just the word motorcycle. Um, it's the signage that would say like, reserved for motorcycle parking. I mean, a lot of these spaces I'm seeing on Google, if I did motorcycle parking, like they don't have anything right. It's just it's pretty blatantly obvious that the only thing to go there is a phone pattern. Do we want to say by signage or striping? I would say designated for motorcycle parking by signage or striping. They want to do different. I don't think you need to. You don't need to start dealing with it. I don't think you need to. Just, just, say, just say designated for motorcycle parking. I think I'll follow that. 
the whole thing. Okay. Like this. Here we go with motorcycles. Find bikes. I think I put it at the very end. Okay, thank you. It was really dramatic, edit. It? <laughs> it's just D, yeah. bicycle parking spaces shall meet the requirements of the zoning ordinance. This was because, so there was discussion. And do we want to be specific? You know, you need a U shaped rack or baller style rack or, um, and I looked at other jurisdictions and some just say, for the zoning ordinance, and then some reference their 20 page bicycle parking zone And I was like, okay, we want flexibility. Plus, Kevin shared a story about when he was traveling to Texas, they actually have art installations that are the bike racks that well, you can attach the bike. And we're going to have now short term and long term bicycle storage. For, for the zoning, and it, it tells you it has some standards. Right, but long term, for sure. Well, let me see this. Does the zoning ordinance reference the FSM for bicycle parking? Is that why we're yeah. adding it? Does. This is just helpful cross reference for a design. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Clarity? This, this isn't a conflict thing. This is a clarity. Yeah. So, pretty straightforward. We just didn't want to go down the path of designing for bikes. Because we're silent on it, so you try not to. I mean, so like the zoning where it just says bicycle spaces are measured as the ability for a facility to store one bicycle. Right. One bicycle space equals one stored bicycle. Right. <laughs> but there's also short term has some some standards be available to the public. Well, lit, weather protected. Uh, long term is weather protected. This one, this one said weather protected area. Yeah, there's like ratios of how many parking spaces. There's ratios for how many bicycle parking spaces you have, but that but the definition stands that it's space for one bike. Yeah. Um, and then it's for short term. Additional use standards are available to public, well lit, weather protected, can't can't obstruct pedestrian traffic or pedestrian areas, and then uh, outfitted with a securely anchored rack, which a bicycle can be locked, which is. And, and even looking at the long term stuff, like all of this is, well, like a bunch of more words and maybe more restrictive than it needs to, honestly, is, in my opinion, more flexibility than we're given today. Because today, and they're, they're, it, gets, it gets real nitpicky on how you're even talking about your bicycle storage. So this is, this to me is, is great because we're just saying, hey, go with the zoning ordinance, the zoning ordinance has a year, which is, it really just, I mean, all this other stuff aside, can you store a bike there? Yes, it's a bike space. One, done. Like, I think there's enough information here for somebody to feel. Yep. Or can you go back one bit to the short term? Yes. This is self it's zoning ordinance anyway. Weather protected air. Short term must be in a well weather protected air. So you mean, the public library just can't put a bike rack outside. Yeah, and, uh, well, could be it could be outside. It just can't be like it would have to be like you know under under, roof. under cover. I, I, I don't I mean again that's not us, but boy, that's yeah, yes, that's what triggers that. That's 
there's there's certain ratios for when you have to provide this for both for all the zoning multi-families required to have a certain number. Short term, the same as like a bike rack. Short term, short term is a bike rack. rack. Yeah. Short term is a bike rack, and so it has to be covered. Let's yep. I'm going to suggest that we take this out of the FSC. Cross reference? What do we have? We have a cross reference. By a single part and show me the requirements of the building rights. Maybe it is kind of redundant, but I like I'm really going to the point of we put it in the FSM, then it's going to become a review comment on every plane. We're going to be arguing about whether we have to have bicycle parking and half this stuff is inside the facility. Site plans are for outside the facility. I just I don't want to lead this possible discussion into site plan content or CPAP content. So that's my that's my reason. Not sure. Here's you from having a comment, but um, I don't want to get a comment that says FSM section 4.4. Right. Blah 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 says you have to meet the zoning ordinance. Prove to me you did. So what about from the, the other aspect that we talked about engineers needing to be go to the FSM and be directed? There is something. Well, bicycle parking. I mean, they could look at them Sam, and think there's no bike parking standards. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's the lens. That's where I lean, Joe. I, I lean towards that discussion. I've said that for many years. I just yeah. think in this case, Don't something that's evolving. I think we should let it just evolve because the zoning ordinance says it. A million things in the zoning ordinance that we don't have to uh, connect the FSM to. I'm just. Part of it was also because the scooter parking discussion. I think Matt asked what about scooter bike. There's nothing in the zoning ordinance about it. So I was like, this is sort of your car parking, motorcycle parking, loading spaces. You know, there's other stuff. But then, um, well, I guess from the perspective of we're really talking about motorized parking, taking out bicycles. Okay. So and if we need to, you know, down the road, we feel like we really got. I mean, to be honest, a lot. Of, I feel like much of that zoning ordinance text maybe would have been more appropriate in the FSM, but well, I'm getting pretty about pressed, pretty worn to the bone on offering up that. It's, so. Okay, so I've deleted it. Okay. Okay. That was it. Okay. That was it. Section. So we've got. Let me ask a question. Before we leave, all the way at the very beginning. Three types of passenger vehicle parking spaces in a motorcycle passenger vehicle. Yes. It's still standard. It says used in parking facilities for automobiles. For automobiles. I think you should. We have to edit that. Motorcycle. 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 
That's since we're addressing that in yeah. four four hundred, these leads start doing motorcycle response. Is the motorcycle a passenger vehicle? I, I don't know. I would just ask the question. Well, then zip out passenger. They yeah, have, I don't think that should be there. Motorcycles or passengers? Or, or just leave it as stating automobiles as three types. Yeah. Yeah, but there's not, there's not handicap motorcycle spaces or anything. Right, and if you start putting motorcycle there, then it, right when you get to two, four or more spaces, then you're are you counting a motorcycle space in the four or more? I for what it's worth, Google's generative AI responded to me that no, a motorcycle is not considered a passenger's daily. <laughs> so, well, I think we're sourced to internet. So, okay, okay. I, I just also also Cornell Law says that a uh, passenger motor vehicle does not include a motorcycle. Okay, so asked and answered. Google AI and Cornell Law are on the same page. I think we've got yeah, we're covered. And the Loudoun County Ethos. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most important reference. Of That's why I'm on the screen. All right. What's next? Okay. Right. So we're, we're not too bad on time. Our 50 minutes. ENS standards are next. So the discussion was to and the FSM basically cut and paste the standards from the zoning ordinance. Um, scroll down, I'll show you right now. On the 7600 version 7 control, the FSM, and if I scroll down, I just add it up. So on 7, that says J. What is blue text? What, an A? Yeah. A is a link. Okay, thank you. Um, so J, so J is these are standards and steep slopes, very steep slope areas. I tried to copy this as close to verbatim as possible, um, but the discussion here is: Do we want to put these exact words or just a cross reference that says something like um, the the erosion seven control requirements for san public sanitary sewer and water lines constructed in steep slope areas um for the zoning ordinance shall also be met because all you did was copy verbatim from the zone. i did what was section of the as i could um it's very hard to find in the zoning so that's the only reason to put it in here i think it is unless we want to reference the exact section. Oh, thank you. That's good. That first paragraph, Jay, you could, as it's required by the Senate, it doesn't actually give a section of any. Actually, yeah. Yeah. So one, two, and three, that's all in the zoning? Yeah, yeah. literally that, that word. 602B2JKO. 602B2JKO. I think, yeah, I mean, if if, if 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 all this is is literally just a copy paste from the zoning ordinance, then I think referencing the zoning ordinance, like the second, you know, chapter verse is the better way to go about it because then if there's a zoning, we don't have to then also update that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
across my face. It seems like it would be more appropriate than raw, but I oh, think okay. well, it's hard. We're just sitting in this case. It's the first. It's a wasp. Wasp hanging out on the quick share. Well, it's like right down my face. <laughs> Slam. I think that's the right idea. You can slam down your notepad. Yeah. Okay. And we're still connected. Bizarre. There it is. Right beside. I was just saying. Like, <laughs> we've blown out the audio, but we're, we're still going to survive. We might have spoken too soon. I don't know. We're doing it. Yeah. Good. I'm the strategy. Laura, I, I spoke too soon. We seem to have lost the. Hell no. We've been it against. You're oh, not up on it. It's like I have to look five places. Okay, item number five was the origin control standards and our matrix. And let's see. I just haven't got there yet. Okay, I was scrolling when I was interrupting. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Okay. So it's these letters and it's changing. It's JKL. So it's it's this text. It's such a version that they change. Okay. Yeah, I think you just the. Uh... Can we get it just so big? Um. <laughs> I mean, so Joe and I were sidebarring. I, I feel like. We just reference the zoning ordinance chapter groups and don't put all the text into the FSM because then if there's a zoning that amends anything in that text, we don't have to go in and update the FSM. Um, and I don't know if maybe you want to do say like as required by the zoning ordinance and then like parentheses C section, you know, uh, six, you know, da 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 da. Um, I think what I, I would like to, I agree with everything you're saying. I would like to avoid a cross reference. I would like to say something like, because it changes and we don't do that, we just say the zoning ordinance. I don't want to say the section, that's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, I know that's exactly what we've always said, but I think in some cases it may not be. It's hard. It's so hard to find. And, could you reference the chapter? Um, I don't know that one instance serves. Uh, KL1234. Right, or even just saying as required by chapter six of the zoning ordinance would get you close. Get you, yeah. Right. Unlikely that the chapter numbers will change. Since we have, there's chapters one through five, so there's no way that to that As required by the applicable regulations found in Chapter Six. Shell, I think it's a shell, also, but I have to see what the intro is. Uh, 
kind of want to add cost to our projects, but I have no idea what a double row of silt fence with the inner row not having filter fabric. I mean, I guess having the chain link there would keep like massively large debris from coming through the tree branches. This doesn't have a trap. Hey, Laura, change that to also shall be met instead of shall also be met. Also shall be met. All the standards required for public standards, see more water lines in chapter six of the zoning ordinance also shall be met. My being pedantic if I request the word applicable before developing statements. I mean, I'm definitely being pedantic. Like, so it would be applicable development standards for? Applicable development standards required in public sanitary sewer wireless chapter six and service also shall be met. Yeah, okay, so uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to applicable because we this is we do this all the time. Now. We go on the applicable and then we put if applicable, if applicable, if applicable. It, I mean, it, it's a slippery slope. Okay. So I, I mean if you I have to have it, but it worries me because we've done this before and it's hard to stop. That's fine. I'm I'm, ha I'm happy to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived it. I've lived the applicable. Oh. Because we wouldn't require it if it's not applicable, right? If you're not in a steep swell for a river strip corner. Okay. Also, box. Is this only for specific areas, right? Yeah, yes. It's like rift skirts. Like it's not all development public. That's where I was going at first, but nobody liked it until I put chapter six. I said, yeah, I was going to say for steep things, but. Were we, we tried Is it for more than that? Like these sections? Yeah, we had a hard time when I went in there. Okay. It's brisk or buffer area, very steep slopes, moderately steep slope areas. But there's also, if you scroll down, there's also these. Oh, I'm saying there's steep, brisk or steep slopes. It's so because it's a covered activity that's allowed in the risk and steep slopes, right? One of the one of the development things that you can do is water and sewer lines. So then you get down to, okay, you can do that. So, what are the, like what are the use standards for public sanitary water lines within risk or steep slope, and, and that's you know. Well, but it does it is more specific. It's under public sanitary. Right, but that's but isn't that isn't that really just a subsection of that's a that's a subsection of additional use specific standards in steep slopes. Risk or adjacent steep slopes and very steep slopes. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you think there's more of the risk. That's right. my point. That's where I was going to go, but then I got sidelined by the chapter moments. And I think it's good to be clear that that's, that's where those chat that, yeah, that's, yes, please. 
that takes care of my applicable concern. Great. Don't you love it when word is just like, hey, you didn't want that to be the same plot, did you? Like, I thought there's probably something I could have picked, but I. Oh, no. It, I mean, I haven't seen it all the time. You're like, you're pacing stuff, and then it's just, you know, it's 2023. Why is it just warrants too? Because those standards are only applicable. Let me go back. So, to, to back up, we're talking about development standards within the risker very steep slope or moderately steep slope areas. So that was a table, there's a table of things. Well, totally outside of this, there's uses that are permitted within those areas. It's so under this section. Something that's allowed within that is public sanitary sewer water lines. And so these are the use standards for developing public sanitary sewer water lines. We're trying to get into this specific section to Look, I'm going to be a real smart ass when I say this, but so this means if you don't have to follow the ones for roads, yeah, you use fast drives, that's what I would get. Minor utilities. Why is it just water? Um, well, it's we're, a we're, this is the ENS section, and then we were trying to focus on the ENS aspects, right. ENS and grading. Are there so other ENS? Now we're opening it up to say. Which we have to, we have to follow all the standards, but we're kind of applying. I don't know. Are there other DNS standards for those intersections? I don't. We didn't notice like saying that. Or notice saying the development standards. Instead of Shelby Knight, could we just say to your point about cross reference, that those standards can be found in Chapter 6 of the? Well, then we just take this back out. We say development standards for public sanitary sewer and water elements in chapter six. I think we need to say what it is, though. The erosion and sediment control, maybe that's what we're missing. So just development standards. We're trying to be too picky on the cross-reference. I think people got to go find it. I think it's the erosion and sediment control standards for public sanitary sewer and water lines. Did the sanitary get rid of Moderate. I think the problem is that the zoning ordinance doesn't uh, like it, it just kind of bleeds all these yeah. all these development standards into one just like run down thing. And so unfortunately, there isn't any way to reference the erosion and sediment control development standards without getting into a specific zoning ordinance reference, which is kind of what we were talking about and what you're trying to avoid. Um, there we go with the Rose and control standards regard to public sanitary sewer and water lines and steep slope areas. The zoning ordinance shall also be done. Okay, I'm gonna nitpick this wording. This is only applicable 
in RSCR adjacent steep slopes or very steep slope areas. It's not applicable yeah. at all. Correct. Yeah, that's in the. And it's or, not and. So it's RSCR adjacent steep slopes or very steep slope areas. Yeah. So I think we should not. It's right there. The, as it notes, to be the last line yeah, of risk or adjacent steep slope title. Right, the next line. That right there. Yeah. For various steep slopes. So, yeah. so that's the new qualifier. Yeah. I mean, this is all, this wasn't a conflict. This is helpful cross-reference. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We good now? Okay, so this is at item 16 and 18, which are block standards. And I, I just grabbed some excerpts of this to walk through um, from the zoning rooms and show you the episode. So there's a section of the zoning ordinance that addresses the distance between intersections for some specific zoning districts. Um, it's this table. It ranges from 200 feet all the way to 800 feet. And it says that the distance between intersections is measured from edge of pavement for road or mid-block through alley improvements. Oh, that's the C1. I didn't make a mistake. That's, that's better. Okay, so FSM 4310C talks about road jogs with center line offsets of less than 225 feet shall not be allowed for category of private roadways except as permitted by the director. And there's a figure that goes with this section um, that actually shows the 225 feet and the offset measured from the center line. This is an excerpt from the figure. You can see the 225 foot minimum of the center line. So I think the question here is just, uh, do we amend this to say 200 feet? I think road jogs and intersections are two different things. The idea of that graphic was to prevent somebody from doing where Harrison Street is. You're just basically cutting across the jog there between Harrison and Harrison right outside the building here is kind of narrow and back in before the building was built, people would be just cutting the corner. It's, it's, it, it applies, it's a through street. And so we came up with this standard saying, okay, you got to have 225. Where did the 225 come from? Dave Gorley worked with VDOT and they came up with some answer and just invented it. 
So in other words, this isn't really intersection spacing because I think you're talking about two, two streets on the same side, blocks, intersections, et cetera. It's not a way to jog. So now, do we want to match it? Do we want to say that this is a conflict? I just, I'm really just kind of framing the discussion with it. DDOT gets into the different spacing requirements based on road classifications and speeds and kinds of criteria where it could be well above 200 feet. It's like, as a minimum. Yeah, these are zoning district driven and huge ranges. The winter so I can't, I'm trying to refresh remember why, why we thought there was an issue here. So is it because, because the zoning ordinance allows, zoning ordinance allows a minimum of 200? Yeah. And, and the FSM currently is 225. Different ways of all measuring too. VDOT currently is 200. I'm looking at appendix B1 right now. So it sounds like we should work just certain for low. That's appendix for low streets. So do those streets. Right. So, Local streets, I think, in appendix F, if it's truly a local street, then it gets into like 50, 50 foot inter, uh, entrance spacing. That's an entrance to that right. one. What, what do they measure on in that appendix? That's center line, center line. Center line, center line. Yeah. Center, line center line is uh, in appendix V1 is, is 200 feet. And they have, they have it shown as. The offsets for super road job. To me, to me, we have two things we need to edit. We need to edit the FSM to make that say 200 feet instead of 225. And then somebody before the ordinance is adopted needs to go in and change how the distance between intersections is measured. Yeah. This is from Edge of Payment to Center Yeah, because it's in the at all lines. Because otherwise, we're worried for a world order. Yeah, no, nobody does. Yeah, the distance measurement this has to has to be from center line in the in the, in the ordinance because that's how we're measuring it. In the FSM. We should update the FSM to reflect that the zoning ordinance anticipates that it be 200 and not 225. And I don't think that losing 25 feet on there is a big deal in my opinion. Wait, can you send me something that I can send over to? You want the, uh, yeah. Yes. Oh. It's not just Laura said. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to further, uh, just in regard to, I think it was Matt made the comment. My only concern is I think the zone zoning ordinance was looking for a block of a specific dimension, minimum dimension, um, the block itself and I, I understand the issue with center lines, but I mean, say you have a four, like a six lane intersection, um, and you're measuring it from the center line of, or a road that has, you know, three lanes in each way. So it's six lanes total, and you're measuring it from the center line of that, you know, that's what at least, I don't know how wide a, a road lane is, 45 feet or something right there. Um, that that would be covered under a under access management. That's a that's a separate. It is this only applied in private 
category A streets. And ours does. Ours is. Ours does. And it does say acceptance may be permitted by the director. So part of me, this is where it's hard when I'm trying to pull stuff up. Like it, it's, it's, hard. I mean, it's allowed. I mean, the director can allow it to go under 225, but I prefer to clarify. Prefer to the perfectionist in the and my big concern here when I talked to Kevin and Joe at the coordination meeting to prepare for this was, is this going to cause you any problems getting your streets accepted? I don't want it to, to, to butt heads with the VDOT requirement, cause a conflict, and I'd rather address it. Again, is, is this a plot? Does the zoning ordinance apply to public hands? Oh, you're category A. Right. No, that's us. That's what us. Does, oh, what, what is what this does the one? zoning ordinance apply to? Is that all? It's a good point. So it's all intersections. So it may include. I mean, this distance between intersections is totally separate from minimum block length standards. This is a totally different regulation, right? So to address Jason's comment, right? Like, Aligning this to align with how we're measuring it, aligns how we're measuring distance between intersections, does not alleviate uh, the requirement to meet the minimum block length, which is a totally different part of the ordinance. I mean, it doesn't like chapter two in certain districts as a minimum block length, I think. We're in, we're in chapter separated, so. It's a block length of just basic curve to basic curve. Well, so it's going to have this curve. No curves. No curves. Jason, are you saying we shouldn't? Send DBZ a note asking for this to be sent. Um, I'm just, I mean, well, I mean, if I don't recall if there is a separate block length requirement or not, uh, but if there is, and it doesn't, I don't know, it just needs to be compatible with this, and I think. Just based on my understanding of what's going on here, I think this does need to be looked at further. This is all about walkability yeah. and all that. It's not traffic transportation related. This is, you know, how far people can walk before they have to cross the street. How many businesses can be in a certain area? And it's all about walking within these town center kind of. Because, I mean, the next thing to get to is the mid-block crossing. It has to if you have mid-block crossing every for every 200 feet of block. That's where I wanted to separate. That's issue of the work with yeah. 70702 is road network, so it's not pedestrian. It's 70703, which is a pedestrian consideration about how far the pedestrians have to walk. So I, I think this is truly road 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 design. To do anything with this, I mean, I really don't think it is. All discussions are definitely Yeah, the more I look at it, I don't. I don't really 
the question was whether I, the FSM is 225 foot minimum. Is it kind of good with the zoning or is it 200 foot minimum? No. If that's only for category A, maybe it doesn't matter. You're asking for more. But there could be a private road in this district that will the TC, right? But it could be. So there is a direct, there could be a direct conflict. Okay. That, that's where the question arose. Is it as easy as lowering this to 200? So the only, so, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to step back from, from what I said earlier, because there may have been at some point in some draft of the zoning ordinance, minimum block lakes, but it appears that that's not a thing anymore in chapter two, which is fine. It's good. Um, let's not be prescriptive there. There is a reference in chapter seven. Um, it's a seven point. Seven. Does at least one mid-block passageway must be provided within the block per 200 feet of block length? But there's no there's no uh, further description of how you measure that block. Yeah, that's what we're going to next. Mid-block passageways. What's coming next? So to me, I, I mean, I. I think, like, if we're measuring intersection distances, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure we need to reference or talk to anybody, but I'm just saying, for me, measuring distance between intersections should be measured distance between center lines of those intersections. Measuring the, the length of a block should be measured from end to end, and I think that the end of a block is pretty self-explanatory. It's where the block ends and the road begins. Right. So this probably should be center line. So this is a distance between intersections. That's what this is. And that's right. I guess, I mean, really, I guess I have a zoning ordinance, which is no surprise to any team. But yeah, I'm happy to write another my turn and just say, hey, can we get this change, please? I mean, I don't mind, listen, I don't mind saying this came up in committee and sharing. Yeah, it's an email. I, I, don't mind. I mean, you're saying that's how that's how VDOT has it is your line of intersections. Is that how like, yeah, well, this may be a different thing. I think this is about it's, the block. It's about block things. Yeah. This is about that sidewalk to sidewalk, pedestrian circulation. It's all I know. I'm trying I to go it. there, but I can't go there. I can't say this is about sidewalk. I'm telling you where the history has been. If you know. I mean, right. I think this is left over from when there were references to the block lanes, and we just this has been left in. It was to reinforce that. But it says nothing about pedestrians and the, the purpose of the second. <laughs> one word. So I, I just can't. I can't make the leap. Go ask somebody. To just ask the question. I, well, I believe what Jason said is correct. If you've got very large roadways at each end, then this measurement does not want to be from center to center. I believe this. Okay. I didn't think about it that way. I'm you've got an asphalt area that's 100 feet wide. You don't want to be gobbling up 50 feet on each end. At least that's fair. That's I, sure. I think we just leave it then. It's intended. So should we change FSM to say edge of payment? I think that other FSM reference is so specific. It's about jogs. It's not about the intersection space. Yeah. yeah. If you say that. And, and the reality is it's the same. I mean, you end up with 200 feet minimum on that. Because right. typical road, 
It works. I don't think it's in the budget. It's off by a foot. We might be at more two feet off. But yeah. You tend to for safety, right? You don't want them too close. Somebody turns. Left turn. I mean, why can't there's a conflict? I mean, the episode be more. The zoning's more like. I think I think what we're getting at is that we may have spent two hours talking about something that's not a conflict at all. It's fine. Better to be sure it's not a conflict than have one and not have to. Is the jog always the opposite way, Joe? Yeah. yeah. It's always it's, opposite. That's what a jog is. That's all that's all that's about. That's about being It's not about two entrances on the same side of the the road. Okay, so we're fine with this one. We're going to leave it. We're not going to touch that, so nobody's going <laughs> It doesn't affect alleys or anything either. Yeah, so, the alleys staggered across from each other. You have to meet this one. No change. Okay. Thank you. It's needed to know. Um, uh, uh, oh, I didn't. The big one. Yeah, this was also at 707, though, too. This might be no change either. Let's just hit this one really quick. Um, that's a in section 707. The road network prohibits cul-de-sac on private roads um, ending in a dead end in certain zoning districts. I was concerned it wouldn't be compatible with the fire abyss access road requirements because that was some fires to turn around. If the access road is access of 150 feet, maybe it doesn't matter because there's alternative to cul-de-sac in the MSM. The Y intersection or T, you know, you don't have to do a cul-de-sac here. It's 70708. This is it. And it's these zoning districts. SN46, here. Um allowed if you're avoiding environmental and heritage resources. Private road ends in a dead end. The cul-de-sac is not permitted. And the T intersection is trying to load the disturbance, I think, the natural area, but it's turn around where it's just big. They're trying to force a grid network. And not that's, that's what I think. Um, I understand you can do other, you got to do the. Isn't that just so you can't do a quota? But you can do the other kind of stuff. But number two, provide T. Only permitted two of them. Private road incident in, and a cul de sac is not permitted. So what hell you did? Yeah, do a oh, one of those other, you know, like yeah. fire marshal alternatives that look yeah. that or the small one like hammer deads. They don't need to be a fire yeah. burial. Yeah. Seems like if they're forcing some type of design, it'd be nice to say what the design and want instead of telling you what you can't do and go figure out which can do. But just other turnarounds, other than cul de sacs on private goods, that was not. It's the thing, it's out of the. Well, I understand. It's just ethics of this. Yeah, okay, but cool. it's one of the wordings, sir. It's the one I. 5,000. That's fancy. Okay. 
Yeah, I've used that. But that's not even for the fire turn. I mean, you can do something else if you don't need the fire turn around. Yeah, you, know, you don't you don't need the fire turn around if it's if the road is short enough. If the road is short enough, you don't need the fire turn around. So or if it's not I still think it's the same conclusion of probably it's probably fine. Yeah. But but I just wanted to have the conversation. Yeah. I mean you were worried about the fire turnaround, right? Yeah, I mean we're eliminating an option. Do we care? If also there's another option. Um Are you bringing this up as a comment to the zoning ordinance? I'm just wondering if it conflicts with our FSM because our FSM has language that requires it just says a turnaround though it doesn't say a cul de sac but we do have cul de sac requirements yeah. in the FSM don't we yeah but that's fine you have to have those you no, but do I mean like requiring a cul de sac if the road is like 1500 feet I don't know if we just require a turnaround or a cul de sac now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if I can put my fingers on it that quick. It's really it's, it's going to be in the private road standards, right? It do require some kind of turnaround. Yeah. Okay. A road permanently ends with a cul-de-sac and we turn around. I'm like, now, but you know what I'm talking about? The section that talks about if you're more than 1,500 feet, you have to have, I just said you have to have a cul-de-sac. It's uh, so for 4,300, uh, it's a 4,310. 4,310? 4, 3, yeah. I think you're fine. That's not a conflict. It's not a conflict. Because it says cul de sac or turnaround. Okay. It's cul de sac. Okay. All right. So that is not a conflict. No, no. no cul de sac. Another section. I don't think I copied that. Number eighteen. Feeling like I missed something. Eighteen. Somebody eighteen. Like a temporary turnaround. Is there a difference? Okay. Text in that section of the zoning words seven oh seven oh three now requires with long passageway. Seven oh. Seven of three C two three C two. Inbox passage signing the FSM requirements for shared use trails. Hey Joe, your little sidewalk sidebar. That's any North Reference shared use trails. I was in there. Share these trails or place them at. Okay. And then we have chapter four, figure two, four, three, ten G. 
accepting driveway access to single residential lots, roadways intersecting with the public or category private roadway shall minimum length 50 feet between curb returns and our curb cuts. Seven of seven of three C seven requires the crossing every 200 feet. First thing, 50 feet. What about seven of three C seven? Doesn't doesn't require one per 200 feet of block. At least one. Yeah. So we can have more than one if you go to 50s. Look, block crossing. This doesn't mean you have requirements. <laughs> this will not get approved. So you're creating ordinance with VDOT requirement. VDOT hates, hates, hates mid-block crossing crosswalks. If you've ever tried to get one approved, it's often. What section is this in? The, the, uh, this is in space, the space the pedestrian area. section, it's in that section that we've been looking at. It's in 70703 pedestrian and bicycle network. And it's under, um, See, we just haven't gotten to this point until today. They have blocked passageway. What is what's section seven? What's chapter seven? Chapter general requirements or standards? There's this thing as a kid block crossing in large lots suburban development. Doesn't this, since coming out, there's something more dense. Yeah, this is really TC. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about alleys and not beat out roads. And I don't think it. Is it in a certain it, district? No. Standalone. Here's FSN, there's G. Well, it talks about blue number nine. Then it talks about a different one. You get the specific zones with that one. And you just keep scrolling up, it's C's of item, and we have a B, I assume. Not specific. Uh, a says it's applicable in all zoning districts except rural districts. Okay, so then what's C say? The block passes in addition to the pedestrian bicycle. And block passenger basin must be provided as follows. Everywhere except for rural. That's what A says. So, yeah, you have a crosswalk of a 200 feet. I'm assuming this is so I read it. Is yeah. this a crosswalk or is this um like between lots? It's just every four lots you need to if you got 50 foot wide lots, every four lots you have to have a path. I mean when you're under pedestrian bicycle. I don't think it requires a path between lots. This is that's about some it's locked passage. That's what that's a block. But I think you can be at the end of the computer. Yeah. Linear park or open space. I, I was reading it differently. It's a section of the. Designed to meet the requirements for shared use trails with that. 
Sir. So that is within the block, not yeah. road crossing. Mm -hmm. It's not a road crossing. Well, that's the way I have it. You'll have to cross the road, but I think it's out of the road. Yeah. Passageways. Yes. Different than very Again, the urban center is an alley, but in the Puerto Rico lot subdivisions, the trade houses, it's you know, every two or three lots. But what is it? One of those things that uh, you will never be able to get a plan approved in the future because of these things that haven't been the best. So, kind of that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's a street crossing. Yeah. But I mean, well, they block. When I read that, it was a street crossing. Yeah, That's but as you read the requirements, block. it's not. It's because it says it must be provided within block. A component of an alley open space or civic or something. Text up one more time. At least one bid block passageway. Doesn't say bid block. block crossing. Not a bid block crossing. Oh, yeah. Like a little passage through, you know. Oh, okay. and a bid block yeah. So number eight, eight is really, I guess, yeah. Down a linear part for open space, et cetera. Linear part. Okay. Every 200 feet. It's not, so it's not a beat out issue as much as it is poor language or choice of words. We'll say that. No, really, they've done the thing. So we three lots in a larger lot. So you can on top of the larger lot and talk a quarter. We thought it was going to conflict with this because it was in our comments with the supplement. Yeah, but that might have been past me. I think, or, I think we thought it was crossing the road. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, I think yeah, I think I think that's I think that's the key. I think we thought it was crossing the road. On second look, this seems to be more about worried about separating buildings. On the telling you got to do a trailer to their feet. Yep. It's telling you it's telling you you can't have you need to have some separate you need to have separation between buildings every two hundred. That's what it's saying. You need a trail. Yeah, it could be an alley. So it's saying a mid-block passageway can be a component of a linear park or open space. It doesn't have to be a trail. You just have some grass. And Joe, we've got to be right. careful because we say a shared use trail is 10 feet. There's something no. here that doesn't exist. I thought we said a shared use path was 10 feet. So you can't have a building park. Oh, is that what it says? Oh, it's a shared use trail. I mean, that's how I read that. Yeah. That was the word. We're talking about it. Yeah. Not cross. I mean, it's different. Path, I mean, I think I think either mid block, either mid block passageways have to be something that crosses a road, or there's something that separates buildings on a block on a on a block. It's it's separation. It's downtown Leesburg. It's I think it's the latter of what uh, Matt said. So repeat it, Jason. It's a. I think it's like a break in a building. Or a building wall. With some kind of corridor that travels from one side of the block to the other. Yeah, well, so clearly in an urban environment, that's exactly what it's taught. So it's saying so that it's in a suburban environment. It's right. Like, it doesn't work. But mm. it's required. Oh, they're still limiting the size of buildings. So maybe that's okay. Maybe that's the desire. 
we get a modification. Yeah, if you have like a multi-family apartment building or something that's your yeah. some or anything with structure. Long. I mean, structured parking. Can't do it. You need to be. Well, I think it's that long to get up to your next yeah. level. Preston Town Center, they had passageways that go like through the garden and stuff. I think that problem. Through the building? Preston Town Center, yeah. Be accessible? Not through the building, it's just like, oh, so like it's opening and stuff. It's connection. It's from street to street. Mm -hmm. Parts of side, whatever. But could your street count? I mean, what if you have a street? Your streets are within 200 feet. You put a side on the street. That's so what there's block passage. So you have to it up an alley. So, yeah, sure. But they must be provided with in the block for 200 feet of block length. Like if you had less than 200 foot block length. But the streets aren't right. Right, because if you had a block that was if you had a block that was shorter than two hundred feet, you're not gonna have a you're not gonna have structure that's two hundred feet. Okay. <laughs> so we think we just listen. I mean, I don't know. I was just trying to figure out I don't think that's not the 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 kind of like just a horrible yeah. in design of a suburban area center. So four through ten G is not a problem. <laughs> All of the conclusion that I've been sent to the ordinance amendment as soon as this is the Yeah. Not an issue. Okay. Um, we have one more ahead. One more ago. Yeah, I can see adaptive reuse issue. Thanks. Adaptive reuse. Okay, so adaptive reuse 409 C2. Talks about if you're going to do additional parking light inner signage, it has to be scaled in a manner subordinate to the existing structure, medical, et cetera. And then 409C1B says for parking, you're going to look into the side or rear of the structure. Um, and the question is, do we need to do anything with FSM 4, 483 parking geometric standards to support the state, these um, adaptive reuse? That section allows gravel, grass, creek reinforced grass, or gravel systems um, for parking for agricultural and rural economy uses. Do we want to allow it for, tell me with the term, Elizabeth, adaptive reuses? <laughs> Do we need to list the alternate services to be compatible with the um, existing? Would you say for ag and rural? But if you're designated, there is a whole process which Kevin's talking about to be designated as historic in the zoning ordinance. But once you are, it seems like, I mean, I could probably work with Elizabeth. It also says you can do those things when the site conditions are warm. Right. So, yeah, I'm pleased that one. I think we're fine. So it's nothing special needed. You just, you have the right. Yeah, I read it over again. As long as you could always go to the director and say, you know, it's a history. You've made it in historic sector, so therefore, you know, these apply. I think you just didn't want some of the, the big requirements to apply to some little old mill that's been redone into, you know, a couple of condos or something. Okay, and conditions warrant. What's that conditions warrant? Cover standard parking areas can be done as well. Okay. Okay. I would say, uh, yes. It was just something we said we would look at, and yeah. we looked at. We did it. So we're not changing anything. 
Nothing. No change needed to this sound section, which is 483. We feel that the gravel parking or other services are permitted. What is warranted? Which you are already permitted, already allowed. Okay. So, in the event we finished early, I have a couple other things to just quickly talk about. I don't know if you want it, it'll be done. Okay. Giving me back eight minutes of my life. <laughs> I was going to uh, use those eight minutes, but I'm okay. Take a part on your calendar, so it is unusual. Yep. And early. And to get through everything on the agenda. And to get through everything on the agenda. To the point where I was in my overflow items. Move to adjourn. A well structured so. agenda. You did good. Thank you, Joe. Adjourn. Yeah. <laughs>